Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Damn. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Guys, you have no idea what we've gone through to make this show happen for you. I got Jacqueline Lorita here, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Well, thank you. So (laughs) I wrote down the dates because this, we got to get this right. So 2009, the show started. You were on season one. Mm -hmm. You were on it for five seasons. Then you stepped back. Then you came back for season seven, but it was like a not like a full role, right? It was just kind of in and out. Six was, um, I came back the end of season six is like just, they were trying to bring me back full time. So they wanted to start me at the end of six and then. And then you left for good at eight. I left for good the end of seven. After seven. And you were finally just like, I'm done with this shit. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause at the fifth season I left on my own terms. Then I came back for the money then seventh season, I wanted to come back, um, eighth season, but they demoted me to a part-time role. And I was like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I'd be so offended by that. I can't even deal. I was like, yeah, no. Especially when you've been doing it since the beginning. Like, bye. Well, I have some pre-show questions. Okay. You know, I watched season one again just to... uh you know, familiarize myself. And we jump right into it. We have no idea how you met Chris, what meeting the Manzos was like before this all happened. So how did you meet Chris? So I met Chris in 1996 at a trade show, the National Sporting Goods Association in Chicago. So this is such fate because at the time I was renting a chair in a salon doing hair. And then I would do these like I'd work as a convention model, you know, locally making money when I, when a good convention would come to town, it would pay good. So I would do it. My dad, who is retired army colonel, and he was working as um, senior vice president of operations at the Riviera hotel. Mm-hmm. He worked with a guy named Steve Sharippa, who later was a character on um, the Sopranos. His friends own this company that said, Hey, does your daughter, is she still doing some convention modeling? Because my friend owns this company and I can get her to work for him, you know, for the show and locally. And then he was having another show in Chicago. I, because I was a single mom, I never traveled anywhere. I never went anywhere alone. That was so out of character for me to go to anywhere outside of here. So I decided, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I was like, I'd been single for a while. I'm like, I, I need like, to get out of here. Yeah. I just need a break. So I, I went. Meanwhile, Chris, who lived in um, New Jersey at the time, he was like, he was in business with three of his brothers at the time. So it was the four of them. They had just gotten back from vacation. Do we need to go to the show in Chicago? I don't know if it's important to us. Should we go? Should we not? All right, let's go. So they go to the show. The girl in the booth for the um, brand that I was working with they knew her sister. So when they came by the booth, they all stopped to talk. And so we all got talking. And then I was mostly talking to his brother at the time. And then they came back around later in the day. And I guess they told the girl, like, you guys should come out with us tonight. We're going here. You know, you guys should come. I almost didn't go. And then the girl said, you have to go. Like, they're cool guys. My sister knows them. They're fine. They're safe. Um, And Chris said he won't go unless you go. And I'm like, (laughs) 
which one's Chris? He didn't even talk to me. Like, he cares if I go? If they don't talk to you, they like you. Yeah. So that like, it was intriguing to me. So I went and him and I just talked the entire time. Like nobody was there. We just became so close just in one night, just talking, talking. Um, we exchanged numbers, everything after he went back to New Jersey. I went back to Vegas, called him the next day. Did you get home? Okay. You know, and like, we just started talking and it turned into these like six hour phone conversations. He came out like the next week to see me then the next month. Wow. And then it was like every month like that. We dated three years long distance, broke up for a year. Cause I was never going to move to New Jersey. Right. And I'm like, this is, this is never going to happen. Finally, after a year of dating other people, he comes back and then he proposes to me in front of my daughter. And then it took me about a year and a half. And then I finally moved to New Jersey. <laughs> Fine. I'll do it. I'm dragging my feet. I was trying to get him to move here and he wanted me there and he won. So, well, spoiler, you, you finally did get him to move to yeah. Vegas, but we'll, we'll discuss that later. So everyone, Chris is the brother of Caroline and Dina. If you don't know the show at the beginning, Caroline and Dina were big characters and it was introduced. Chris is married to Jacqueline and they're all family. But what they, I mean, we mentioned it a couple times, but Chris is one of like how many kids? He's one of 11. And his mom had all 11 by the time she was 32 years old. What was it like meeting a family with 11 kids? I mean, it was fun. I mean, you know, when we first moved, when I first moved to New Jersey, we lived with Caroline for six months because we were building a house and Dina lived there too. So it was like me, Dina, Caroline, all these people. I'm like, you know, I, yeah. I met Dina over the years before that, just because she's been out here. Like I've, I've met her. So I was really good friends with her, but, um, you know, just meeting everybody. It was very interesting. They, they were, you know, it was different than what I was used to, but I enjoyed it. I loved the chaos. It was like always people in and out of the house. I'm like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> Are you Italian? Um, I'm half Italian and half Austrian. A little Norwegian and English. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to memorize everyone's names? Um, it didn't take too long just because I heard them so often, you know? So <laughs> I was like, are they all like Italian names? Yeah, Chris, Dina, Caroline, Cookie. They called one Baby Ann. There's Michael, Jamie, Donnie. What were your first impressions of Jersey? I, well, I was actually born in New Jersey. Oh, you were? I was. But then we moved. I was an army brat. So we moved around my whole life. We were all over the place. Okay. And, um, but I wasn't, I moved to Vegas when I was pregnant with my daughter, Ashley, because okay. my parents were retiring and moving there and we wanted to be by them. So um, my first impression of New Jersey was that it was a, where I lived in Franklin Lakes. It seemed a little bit stuffier than what I was used to. Uppity. Yeah, uppity. Like, you know, we would, here we hang out at each other's houses. We don't yeah. have play dates. It's just like, hey, let's get the kids together. You know, let's right. barbecue. It's like, everything's a coffee or a, you know, and I just noticed everybody there was about like, what car do you drive? What, you know. I mean, it seemed at the beginning, like part of your storyline was that, you know, you didn't feel like you had the same interests. It was the funniest thing was you like tried to Im impersonate like a New Jersey accent or something. I can't even remember what I said. Oh my God. Like, I don't even know. Because I get confused, like New York accents from New Jersey accents. They're very different though. <laughs> we have some questions from Facebook too that I want to put in there. Uh, um, Elise Bacher 
What was your relationship with Dina and Caroline like before the show? Because when the show begins, it seems like your relationship with Dina is strained. Yeah, Dina and I were like amazing friends. Like we did everything together. Like I loved her when when we first met. We we would vacation together. We we both got tattoos together. Awesome. It was good. It was great. You know, Caroline too. I mean, I lived with her. When the show started, um, you know, there was already friction with the show because of uh, Danielle. And, um, you know, I didn't know Danielle before filming the show. Like, I just met her for filming the show. Because um, Dolores, who's a housewife now, was actually supposed to be the housewife first season with us. But her boyfriend wouldn't, didn't want her to do it at the time. They were trying to look for a, a divorced single person that could be on the show. And Danielle was pointed out to me that she might be a little cuckoo and might be good for the show. So someone introduced me to her at the salon and I asked her, would you ever be interested in doing a reality show? Cause they're actually looking for a single divorced woman. And she was like, yeah, you know, she was all eccentric and crazy. And I'm like, yeah. I think she'll be good. You I've know? <laughs> met her many times. I mean, she's a hoot, but yeah, it's definitely a little wacky. Yeah. So so Dina went out with her before we started filming the show and something happened when they went out, you know, I, looking back, I don't even know if I believe Danielle because Danielle lies so much that I don't even know if it's true now, but she got offended and they just didn't hit it off right away. And then we had all hired an attorney to like help us get more money. And Danielle didn't pitch in for that, but she benefited from it, from it because we all made money. So she was just annoyed with her from the start. And, um, you know, when you're casted to be on a show, you have to film with each other. So when they're all refusing to film with somebody, guess who gets stuck filming with her? Me. (laughs) So So were you as close as it was made out to be? Or was it like you were the only person who would film? And so that's what it was. No, I didn't even... I barely knew Danielle and she was calling me her soul sister. That's why it seemed like y'all were like birth sisters. I never even hung out with her outside of filming. We never hung out. That's wild. Holy shit. Okay. Teresa, yes. Not Danielle. Like, <laughs> well, how, so you knew Teresa before the show started. Yes. I met her through Dina and Caroline and everything. Like when I first moved to town. And then how did they all become close with her? Oh, with Teresa? With Teresa. Yeah. Um, Dina knew her. Um, they grew up before, you know, they, they known each other for a while. And then how, how did this entire family <laughs> get on this show? This, a scouter that scouts people for the show went to our local salon and they were asking for a group of New Jersey moms. They didn't really tell us what the show was called or anything like that. Um, and they gave them our names. And Dina had just been on a show like My Big Fat Fabulous Wedding or something like that. She was on. So she had some experience of being on it. And we were, and then I was like, I brought Caroline on and Teresa, I made her come on. And, um, and we just didn't know what the show was really at first until we were like about to sign. And then they told us that it was part of a franchise and all that stuff. <laughs> and think where it is now. I didn't think anybody would watch it. I never watched reality TV. I didn't know what it was. Wow. You know, my son was going to um, kindergarten and I'm like, okay, I need a, a job. I need to work. And this is cool. If they want to follow me and do, you know, watch me do what I do. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't do much, you know. <laughs> Did the family like get together at all and say... 
okay, like, let's talk about this stuff or let's not fight about things or were you guys just authentic? Not really. We were just like, you know, because we used to laugh and be like, oh my God, if anybody had a camera on us and like the way we would all get together would be hilarious. So we were just like, no, we just kind of went in thinking you're just going to see our lives and you know, it's crazy. Like, (laughs) and it was from the beginning. Season one starts first episode. We meet Jacqueline with Teresa and she is shopping for furniture and she purchases like $120,000 worth of furniture, which is kind of funny when you, uh, think about the current events right (laughs) back then like you guys had no idea anything was wrong you just were like oh this person likes to spend money she likes to spend money (laughs) yeah lo and behold she did buy all that furniture but she didn't pay for all of it in cash the producers for effect were trying to give her money to pay for for it so it wasn't all like her cash and it wasn't all her paying in cash Mm -hmm. but i think that's what got her in trouble well from the beginning the big issue with the family was your friendship with Danielle, which is kind of funny now that we know you guys weren't really all that close. But but that was the problem. They were like, you're evil or she's evil. Get away from her. And you know, she was so nice to me during filming that I couldn't just be mean to her when she hadn't done anything to me personally. You know, I had talks with her, like she would tell me things that Dina would do that would offend her or whatever. And I would like, I understand that's how you're feeling and that's how she's making you feel and all that. But like, you know, you can't, you know, there's certain things like, you know, you can't be bringing up because Danielle told me so many lies about her. Like, like what? I don't even want to bring light to it because then, you know what I mean? She would say things about Dina that I knew because I'd known her for so long that I knew that they couldn't be true, but she would make up these stories about her saying that she was doing all these things that I was like, something's not, you know, but I'm like, you can't be saying that on camera. You can't be bringing that kind of stuff up on camera because that's not cool. You know, makes it harder for me to hang out with you because, you know, I was getting a lot of pressure from my family and everybody to not spend time with her. Like your beef with her is your beef with her. Like, figure it out. You guys talk, you guys sort it out. It did seem though, like when you were done with Danielle, you were like, I'm done. Yeah. Like it was I always fast. give people the benefit of the doubt. Once they show me who they are, I'm like, Mm-mm. and there were a lot of signs with her. Well, that was one of my questions was like, if you look back kind of hindsight wise, like were there red flags that you overlooked maybe? Yeah. I mean, cause as far as like who she was as a person, I, as I got to see more of her and what the kind of things that she did, it turned me off the kind of person that she was. So, you know, she she got her money her ways, like, you know, like uh, dates or whatever. She was always asking for money. My husband was really uncomfortable with her one time. She wanted him to come over to plow her driveway. And luckily my dad was visiting and Chris is like, I'm not going over there to by myself. Like you're coming with me to my dad. So my dad went with him. And he shows up and because he had a plow on the front of his truck and he goes over there and he goes, Danielle comes out, not seeing my dad in the truck with her boobs out with this plate of cookie. Like she's trying to, you know, if my dad wasn't there, she probably would have made a move on him. And um, so I was just, that turned me off. Um, She would get money any way she could from any guy, any way married or not like it just things that she would do turn me off but I was still like that's her life that's her lifestyle whatever she wants to do with herself her body her whatever that's her business I don't care like as long as she's good to me but then what turned her against me was when the show aired and Mm -hmm. I had said on camera I think she 
tells her daughters too much or introduces men to her to her kids too soon. But what I tried to explain to her, it cut me off. Like I also said, but I think it's because it's really important to her that her kids like the guys that she's with, but they don't air all of that. Of course. And she got mad at me for that. And she just like immediately turned on me and started telling all these lies. Like what? Like she said, my daughter was doing cocaine. She never did. My daughter is so open and honest with me about anything she's ever done, tried, whatever. She has no reason to lie. She told people that she would drive my daughter to school every day. She drove her one, one time ever. She's told people my daughter lived with her for some time. She told people that crazy stuff. Like she told, um, people just started coming to me saying like, she's saying this, she's saying that, like things I don't even want to bring light to, but I was just like, you're disgusting. Well, I always thought like something, especially watching back how her kids responded to the way that she would behave sometimes. One time um, after filming, the, one of the daughters was telling me they felt bad because they really liked their dad's girlfriend a lot, but she was so anti her, like they couldn't allow her to know that they cared for the girlfriend. And the thing that she did shitty to, to her ex-husband, she made it <laughs> seem like on camera that he was like this absent dad, that he was never he there paying. for the kids. He was always there for the kids, always whatever. I knew people that knew him. And and that's why, like, if you look at his face, there's an episode where she has a party for her daughter or something and he and he shows up and she goes, Thank you so much for coming. Like, uh, like, like he's never done that before. And he just looks at her like all oh, week. Like you see his face, like I do this all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, he goes to all their games and all this stuff, and she would act like that. And then I saw what she did to Steve. You know, she she put it out there. She tried to ruin that guy Steve's life when she was the one cheating because he broke up with her. She put it out there that he um, taped her while having sex. Did he not? No, he never did that. She sent uh-huh. videos to him. That never happened. He sued her in one defamation case against her. No way. But then she filed bankruptcy, so he never got paid. Well, the one were the two people who have a very high bullshit meter Dina and Caroline, (laughs) they were never convinced from the very beginning. I mean, Dina had a more open mind at some points than Caroline did. But for the most part, it was no for Danielle. I think everybody was terrified of her because they knew the way she lied. And, you know, she could say anything. And if someone believes it, then it ruins your reputation. You know what I mean? And that's what Danielle does when she doesn't like you. That's what's dirty about her is, you know, if you're fighting with someone, okay, you might call them out or whatever, but you don't make up stuff. And that's what she does. Well, I want to talk about, well, there were a lot of huge moments from season one, but the book is probably the biggest moment because of the table flip incident. But basically it was discovered this book that was written about Danielle, about kidnapping and had mug shots and so it was written by the ex-husband? No, it was written by a guy called Charles Kipps. And it was about okay. her ex-husband. He was like an uh, undercover informant. Okay. And then how was it found? Dina found it, right? And showed it to us and showed it to some people. But what it's funny because on the show, they make it about Chateau. Whoever right. brought it to Chateau, showed it to Chateau. That was not when the book first came out. Okay. So people get those two things confused. Um, 
Danielle had heard the people that worked in the salon told him that Dean and Caroline were in there showing people and talking about the book. Right. But before that, everybody was talking about the book because, you know, it was brought to Dina's attention. I don't, I think a friend of hers. From someone. Yeah. So we were all just like, what the hell? Who are we working with? Like, what is this about? And I voted not to tell Teresa. They, Dina and Caroline wanted to tell Teresa. I did not want to tell her because I didn't know how she would react <laughs> to that. So I voted against that. Um, but they told her. And um, everybody was like, mm, yeah, we don't want to film with her. So you guys should have done background checks on this person and all this stuff. And then when they, I guess they brought it to Danielle's attention and Danielle's the one that wanted to talk about it on the show. So that's when Teresa showed the book in her interview. You know, that's when everyone first saw it for the first time when Teresa held it. The huge crusade against your family, I think at least, started with the book and her thinking that the whole family was the reason everyone knew about it. Right. No, we, you know, we heard about it, but like, she's the one that put it on camera. You know what I mean? It's not like Dina researched the book. Dina right. was involved. And that's where I got mad at the arena because to me, it sounded like at the finale that she was trying to wash her hands of any part of it. Like she didn't never touch the book. Right. She never, whatever. And I wasn't going to say a word, but when she got me involved, that's when I snapped. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you mean with the, at the table where you said, no, no, no. Yes. I'm like, come on. Like, cause I took my part in it when, when I, when we were, no one wanted to ask her about it or anything. I'm like, I'm going to ask her about it. I want to know about it. So that's why when I did that scene with her, you know, I was like, okay, I'm hearing about this book. Like it's saying all this stuff. I said, I Googled the shit out of you because now I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so, you know, we asked her about it and then she kind of dismissed it. Like it was like, whatever. So I didn't really yeah. know anything other than the book at that point. I didn't, at that point I hadn't seen the court documents. I hadn't, you know, any of that. So yes, I think she was more embarrassed and yelled that everybody was talking about the book and everybody was talking about the book because now you're on TV, people in town that know you, that knew about the book, that told Dina, you know, like people know about it. Now it's coming to light. Then you have the dinner party. Everyone's sitting down together. Why was she invited anyway? Obviously she's on the show. Was it just because she had to be there? Well, that's why we're all, we were all, you know, mandated to be there like we all had to be there because it was a finale anytime there's a finale or a big group thing the whole cast has to be there and they could sell it like she wanted to approach everyone when they were all together right which she did you know she you know that's when the producers are in her ear like okay you need to confront the people you have issues with the way it aired it seems like it's just mid-conversation she puts the book on the table yeah and then finally who was it dina that was like why was that? Why are you doing this? I'm assuming once you saw the book, you were like, oh, shit, here we go. I was like, okay. I'm just surprised that she thought it was like right place, right time with all the kids there. That's what was kind of like she should have asked to do a scene, like a separate scene with whoever she had issues with. But I'm sure the producers were in her head like, hey, it's a finale. You got to, you know. Then Teresa flips the table yeah had you ever seen her that mad before that i'd never seen her mad because anytime i'd ever seen her it was always in fun it was always laughing joking being stupid like i'd never seen her angry at anybody so i was like what the hell is happening right now i think we were all kind of in shock and when it was done like we all went to the bar to unmike and we were all just sort of looking at each other and like 
laughing. We were actually laughing because we were like, I can't believe that this just happened. It was like the table flipping. She's freaking out. Joe's telling her he's turned on by it. (laughs) She's like... But then Dina was in the other room crying. So I kind of felt bad about that. But (laughs) we were just like, what just happened? I still think OG New Jersey was the best. Yeah, it was more raw. It was more like real and family. And I feel like now people know the game. They know how they have to perform for the show. So everybody's sort of like bringing it now. Where before it was sort of like, what's happening? What is the show about? What We didn't even know when it aired what it would be. And then you're watching like, whoa. (laughs) Or I didn't say that. Or I said that after that. Or I... They forgot to leave this part in because you've been there. Like you'll have a conversation for three hours that you, they air three minutes of it. You had, I mean, obviously several storylines throughout your career, but in season one, it started you talking about your miscarriages, which was, it's still, it was hard for me to watch. You probably still would watch that to this day and cry. Yeah. It was so fresh to me because we had been trying for like six years and I literally miscarried right before we started filming, but I've always been very open about my life. So like, I'll tell anybody anything. My husband's always like, shut up. Why you got to tell everybody everything? <laughs> you know. But I, you know, it helps me to talk about stuff. It's like my venting is what helps me. And, and then people relate and they help you and then you help other people. And we thought Nick was a miscarriage too. I, I found out the day we were doing our photo shoot for season one, I was in my pink dress and we're taking pictures and the doctor called me because I had gone in for a sonogram, but the doctor wasn't there. So he couldn't read me the results. Uh I get um, a text from him, a call from him saying that they, it looks like another miscarriage. So they wanted me to come in for a DNC or let it happen naturally. I had to decide so I cried the entire way home from that shoot and I waited a week. And then um, when I went back in, they found the heartbeat. So I was like, oh my God. The other storyline was your relationship with Ashley, your daughter. Also hard to watch. Right. <laughs> How often did you receive just completely unsolicited mommy advice? I mean, everyone had their opinions on things could be done. But see, that was nothing that sucked too. Because yes, Ashley and I used to fight. Because we were like sisters. We grew up, like I was 20 years old when I had her. We would fight and then literally 10 minutes later, we're snuggled on the couch watching a movie. So people didn't see that part of our relationship, the closeness. They only saw the arguments, which made it even worse. But we did. We fought like sisters. It was hard when I would try to pull rank because I was like mom and dad to her and best because her dad and I were divorced when she was like 17 and a half months old. You know, I spoiled her to make up for the dad not being there. But yeah, they had their opinions. But I'm like, you know, you're not doing everything right either. (laughs) Your turning point with Danielle looked like it was when she left you that voicemail about how you didn't celebrate her kids or something. Yeah, that was a joke because she knew damn well at that point that we weren't. (laughs) She didn't even reach out when my son was born. So she was just coming back on the show and needed a connection or a story. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with you already. Well, so what was the turning point? Was it just lies adding up? Her lifestyle that I didn't really agree with, even though I let her kind of do her own thing. But when she started lying about my kid, me, you know, everything. My husband was like, I don't want you around that girl. And I didn't like what she was doing to other people. Like I just saw the kind of things she was doing to people. It's funny, like watching the way that she talks about you, like your soul sisters. And then there was even that one scene with Kim D, I think, where there she's just like, you know, we're friends through thick and thin. And then Kim's like, I don't even really know her that well. So it's like, I think she was just holding on to anyone just like now, like she'll say her and Teresa, we've been friends for 13 years. 
Teresa hated you season one. Uh, season two, you guys weren't friends. You guys didn't talk for 13 years. You started talking to her to try to get back on the show, but now you've been friends for 13 years. She did that with so many people. Like she would meet somebody. She'd be like, oh, she's a good friend of mine. She works there. She's a friend of mine. And then I'd be like, oh, so you're good friends with Danielle. Well, she's been in here before. I loved this question from somebody. Have you had any more drunken, fun giggle nights with Derek's mom? That was the one and only time. Damn it. I know. Well, she hasn't been with Derek in many yes. years. So I know. Oh. She was so nervous about filming. So that's why we started drinking. And then it just was like, let's guzzle this thing. <laughs> so then season two, the fashion show, the hair pull. Yeah. Somebody there. Because I sent Ashley home, somebody there, I don't know if it was, I can't remember whether it was the producers or just someone there told Ashley that Danielle hit me. That's why she freaked out. Yeah, Ashley doesn't seem like someone who is ferocious like that, so. Yeah, they were like, someone, uh, Danielle just hit your mom. So she was like, what the, are you kidding me? And by the way, Danielle pulled her own hair out in the car. Well, the the chunk of hair in her hand. Before the cops came, she started pulling her own own hair out. And now she's saying all these lies like. Yeah, that she has injuries. Three herniated discs from that. Her head hit the pavement and she had stitches and like all this stuff. I'm like, what? She went on a podcast and said that we hired a bus to tour her house let the people off the bus, broke into her house, vandalized it, and wrote on her walls. And so she was so terrified that we did this that she had to leave her home. And it was just so funny watching her bring, like, security. We both went to the same charity event. Um, One time we were both going to the same charity event. So Chris and I show there. I'm like, she's going to be here. Okay, whatever. I just won't look at her. I go there. She's got two huge bodyguards next to her in the corner of the room. I'm like, and this isn't even filming. We weren't filming. But it was for the people at the charity to like feel bad for her because they, she didn't want me there. She's like, I don't want her and her husband here and started making this big stink about it. And they were like, they're coming. So she, she had to act like she was so terrible. And I'm like, what does she think is going to happen? She pressed charges, right? Yeah. Which, you know what? Like, listen, I never okayed what Ashley died. To me, that was never okay. Was not funny to me. You know, at that point she was, I think she was 18. She didn't have to take it to that level to put that on her. Right. All right, fine. Whatever. It was $180 production paid for it. I think, I don't know. To me, it was just like a little, like, why do you have to take it this far? Like she had, she had Facebook my daughter and said that she was ugly. She was like saying all this stuff to my daughter. And I'm like, listen, you both are are egging on each other like just stop well didn't she on the reunion for for two maybe she said i'm gonna call my lawyers i'm gonna drop it i don't know what happened she never did no so then we head into season three and melissa and kathy join leg cast and you go from being in the middle of danielle versus family drama to <laughs> the judaized family issues which would you rather be in the middle of danielle or Teresa? i don't like anything to do with danielle so Teresa, yeah <laughs> let's also talk about a book that didn't make everyone happy and that was Teresa's cookbook we kind of start off that season or at least in the middle of it a lot of people start getting pissed at Teresa because of what she said in the book. Did anything piss you off? I don't think so. No. 
she didn't say anything about you. She didn't even write the book herself, really. I mean, she allowed the stuff about the other people in there. And it, and it wasn't just about that. She was, at that point, she was making money doing her, her ads and her magazines and stuff like that. And we know how that works. And, you know, you give them a little something, they let you do a cover or whatever if you give them information and stuff. So these articles are coming out where she's saying little digs towards, you know, my family or whatever. And it's like, okay, you can talk about your own shit, but you don't need to talk about anyone else. Like make your money, but don't throw them under the bus and do, you know, stuff like that. So people were getting pissed at more of the articles she was doing too on top of that. I mean, you know, she doesn't write her books. It seems like you and Teresa actually were legit close friends, unlike you and Danielle. So, I mean, watching that, that scene outside at the table where shit really hits the fan, Caroline shows up. We were there for like five hours. You guys saw a tiny bit of it. My nephew was hiding under the deck trying to listen to the whole thing. I didn't know Caroline was coming there because I had specifically said to producers, like, just Teresa and I, like, we were, ta- we were talking to talk about the magazines and stuff like that. So um, no one was supposed to be there. But I guess because it was dragging out for so long and they weren't getting everything they needed from our conversation they mm-hmm. called Caroline to come over. And then she felt like she was being ambushed. Yeah. No, I swear on my kids, I had no idea Caroline was coming over. I did not know. Do you think Caroline helped or hurt the conversation? <laughs> I don't know. I think Caroline was just getting out like what she needed to say. I don't know. I mean, the role playing was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and could not have been done without Caroline there. Yeah. It was frustrating because I had kept telling Teresa like to get along with Melissa. I'm like, listen, if you hate her, like one, I wanted her to work it out with her before we even started filming. So that way it wouldn't be so awkward for her. And she refused to do that. And that caused a huge problem. And then I'm like, you're not helping by like, cause she would put stuff about Melissa in the press. She was making the situation worse. And that's, how I was like, leave it alone. Like, leave it. What are you doing? To just attack someone of in your family like that. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I get it a little bit now the way, I mean, Teresa was always jealous of Melissa. Like she never wanted us to talk to her when we were filming because she said all Melissa wants to do is be famous. She wants to be on TV. Don't talk to her when we're Mike. Like every time, like we had, she had a party where Melissa was there. um, She was like, don't talk to her because she just wants to be on camera. You know, she always (laughs) say that. But by her saying that, the producers are listening to her and going, oh, who's this Melissa and Kathy you don't want them talking to? Where are they? Where are they in the room? You know, like she brought attention to her issues with Melissa and Kathy that made producers want them. So, cause they love that stuff, but she, she didn't get that. And she would constantly talk about it. And I think she was jealous of Melissa. She didn't want Melissa getting that same attention because she mm-hmm. knew Melissa wanted it and she didn't like Melissa. Like she wanted me to do things to Melissa that I wasn't going to do because I'm like, listen, when, you, when Melissa wasn't on our show and you would have these events, did I ever talk to her? Like, hi, bye. Like, I purposely stayed away from her. Now we're casted on a show together. I have to communicate with her. You want me to say these things and do these things to her and fight with her so I have the beef with her and then, like, I'm supposed to be your voice. And then so I have held my whole season fighting with her when, like, sort it out. Like, you guys sort it out. Then then everybody can get along and we can have so much more fun on the show, you know? I mean, I still feel like they are never going to actually sort anything out. They like, They will never fully like each other. They figured it out now that 
keep it together for film. Like, don't take it to that level. But it's like, very contrived. And Melissa's very good. Melissa never liked her. Um, and Teresa never liked her. Melissa tried. Melissa did try because she wanted to try for her husband and everything. But, you know, Teresa can be difficult. <laughs> you fought a little bit harder for your friendship with Teresa, obviously. You, yeah. What was the straw that broke the camel's back? Was it just that she wasn't telling you about things going on in her life? It was just like a one-sided friendship. Like she would always call me, but she never asked anything with my life. Um, mm. And I did address that with her, but they didn't air that part because it hadn't come out yet. Stuff that yeah. we were talking about. She wasn't there. And it was like the pressure she had kind of turned against me when I didn't turn against Melissa. She thought that friends should stick with friends and I shouldn't, you know, she just didn't think of me as a close friend anymore because it wasn't loyal to her that I would be nice to Kathy or, or Melissa. She started pulling away at that point. Oh, so she thinks she pulled away more than you even did. Yeah, she pulled away more. You know, Kathy was so sweet to me. There's no way I could be mean to her. Melissa, I was like, listen, if Melissa does something, I'll call her out, you know, but she hadn't done anything. So like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I guess the last big thing I want to talk about the posh fashion show and the Melissa stripper, hooker, whatever. So you swear that Teresa had planned that. Oh yeah, a hundred percent her and Kim D planned that. Kim D will tell you. Before Melissa even came on, she wanted that outed. She mm. was we were in Kim D's store. She wanted that outed between all of us to out her on that. But I didn't do that. And Kim and her, you know, Kim was like her sidekick. They did everything together. That that was like their thing. They plotted the whole thing with the people, how, how it was going to go down. And actually, I got Kim on tape admitting that because I figured it out after because I found out that they filmed earlier in the day at a salon. I didn't know the connection and what they were trying to do or anything like that. And then it was weird that we were at the finale. Like we were all trying to figure out who's the target for this finale because there's always a target. We're all like texting each other, telling each other what we know. Like, and I had found out um, they were going to bring Danielle there. And I was like, Oh, that's fucked up. Like, you know, I was, so I started getting mad at Bravo, like on camera. Then I heard Kim G was coming. She was supposed to show up. So I text Caroline and I'm like, Kim G is coming warning. Cause they were fighting at the time. So I'm like, you're the target. Ha ha. You know, we were like, <laughs> you're the target. And, uh, I, I don't want to out cause I'm friendly with the person too, but something else <laughs> was going down in the bathroom. And so when, when they came out and Melissa was saying like what she was saying, I w I put two and two together and I'm like, okay. So that's what that was about when you guys were filming at the thing or whatever. A mutual friend of ours told me that his wife knew two weeks in advance Teresa was going to do this. They were talking about it. I had known that this, because his wife, oops, see, I just gave that away. So it was a guy. His wife is good friends with Teresa. And Teresa had talked about it with this girl. And it was all coming out. I was so pissed. I was like so disgusted because we had just come back from California where filming the night before where um, Teresa and I had sort of made up in the RV. Mm. And right as I came out of that, the RV was open. Um, the window was open. And I could hear her telling producers how much she fucking hated me. 
after we just made up. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I knew we I knew we weren't really made up, but I'm like, we have a week left of filming. Do I want to address it? No, I just want to get through the season. I'm quitting the show. I don't want anything to do with the show anymore because this right. was at the height of my son's regression. I just wanted to be out of the show. That's why, like, there was a scene where someone, oh, so you and Teresa made up. You guys are good, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she was faking being friendly with Melissa and Joe, like they made up. Meanwhile, Joe's telling me she called his someone that he was doing business with and said, don't do business with my brother, all this stuff. And then Melissa told me that she called someplace she was supposed to do an appearance at and said, if you allow Melissa to do an appearance here, I'll never do an appearance there for you again. And here she is faking on camera. She's friends with me, faking on camera. She's friends with them. So I was just disgusted with the whole show and everything. Then I go to the event. I hear Danielle's going to be there. Then Kim G is going to be there. Then this happens with Melissa. I was like, I'm done with this. This is so toxic. Like I want nothing to do with it. It's like I had shut down in California just because I was so, remember I got quiet and I just went to sleep. So I actually did fall asleep. Um, that same fight happened the night before. And the, the producers didn't catch it all on camera. So they kind of wanted a repeat of the fight. So they kind of were right. recreating a fight that I'd already heard. I was so bored of it. It just seems so fake and annoying. And I wanted off the show because of what I was dealing with with my son. So I shut down. So I had already shut down at that point. Then the, so season four, what people don't understand is that season four finale happened the night before the season three reunion taped. And you were not there. They broke the fourth wall, which I didn't know they were going to do, but because Teresa and I were friends third season, so I didn't want to have to pretend that I liked her or that we were right. friends because I can't act. So I, I didn't want to pretend that we were friends because I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I just, I, the right. show is toxic. It sucks. I have a, other important things going on in my life. Bye. I quit. But then my contract came back and like, you can't quit. So you were not booted. You chose to leave. You just had to wait. Yeah. And then, and then sixth season, I wanted the money. So I came back. <laughs> so yeah. And then, then when they wanted eighth season of me to come back part-time, I was like, no, not worth it. You and Caroline both, it seems like you're like, respect the OGs. Well, Caroline left because she had her own show, which I was supposed to be on too. But mm. they didn't want to let us go both at the same time. They wanted her to go. And then I was going to go to that show. And I filmed a couple episodes, but then it came more of their shows. Well, the, the wildest thing is I watched the reunion back for that season with the fashion show and stuff. And it's just why Teresa is like wild. <laughs> it's crazy. And you're like, you and Caroline are just like, this is fucking nuts. I'm like easygoing and I'm very complimentary. Like of all, uh, all my friends, like I'll, um, I'll lift you up. So our relationship was never competitive or anything like that. I'm not a competitive person like that. So it was always just a positive, fun experience. When Melissa yeah. came into the picture, I saw this jealous other side to her and it just, the things that were happening, I was just like, what the hell? So we're going to do some post-show questions. Ashley Petrocci said, I miss her so much on the show. How loud did she yell hypocrite at the TV when Danielle pulled Margaret's hair after everything happened with Danielle and Ashley? Yeah, when I heard she pulled Margaret's hair, I was like, what? I'm like, after all the stuff she put my daughter through with the like yeah. hair pulling, like, but it's okay for you to, as an adult to pull somebody's hair. I'm like, I mean, I, I wouldn't have made such a big deal about it. Cause it's like, you know, someone pisses you off, it pisses you off, but you made such a big deal about my teenage daughter, but yet you as a, you know, 60 year old or whatever old she is, she's doing that. We talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but Julie Johansson, why did they move from Jersey 
to Las Vegas. You live in Vegas now. Yeah. So um, my husband, so he used to be in the clothing industry. Mm-hmm. And when everything, when he lost his company, everything went down. He started tra- dabbling in other businesses. That right. he did. The, the BLK is still up and running and selling. He just doesn't own it anymore. And then he got in the food and beverage business, but he had an opportunity to get back into what he knows and what he loves, which mm-hmm. is the clothing industry. So him and his brother teamed back up again and um, started partnering up with some of his old partners and everything. And they're out of um, California and Las Vegas. And because I have my parents here, my brother here, my cousins right. here, friends here, I'm like, Vegas, it was like a dream come true for me. I'm like, are you kidding? Like to move back after all that, you know, just to get away from everything. And did you have like a hard Jersey goodbye or were you at that point just kind of like ready to go? I mean, I had a couple going away parties for girl, you know, the girls stuff that I wanted to say goodbye to, but it was hard to leave my daughter and my grandson just kills me. I hate it. I want them here. Would they ever move there? Um, I've tried maybe later. Ashley would, I think it's up to her husband. (laughs) My friend, Patrick, is there anything that she misses from being on the show? The money. That's it. <laughs> that money, that paycheck was good. Was it really? Oh my God. It didn't start out good. First season, we got paid shit. It was probably like 20 grand. Yeah, it was like 20 grand. Yeah. By the time we left, it was closer to a million. Yeah. I would film fake fight scenes for a million dollars. So it went from not like first season shit money. And then we would <laughs> always just get more and more. And, so it was, it's hard to, it's hard not to have that paycheck, but you know, you have to. Can't sacrifice your, uh, your dignity. We still have our house in New Jersey too. Um, we have a buyer on the table right now. So crossing my fingers that goes through. Me too. Cause we've been trying to sell it for like four years. We pulled it out of like foreclosure twice because <laughs> the house, um, cause we bought it at like 1.6 as a frame. So we put another like million something. It was appraised at like 2.8. I see. And the ha- they built the golf course across the street from us. They knocked down, you know, took out the golf course and put up all brand new homes for like 1.4, 1. 1. Mm-hmm. Killed us. So trying to sell our house is like brutal. So I shouldn't jinx it because there's it is an offer on the table. <laughs> Do you have a favorite tagline that you had? I used to hate the taglines because they made it up. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember all mine. Your first two seasons, it was the whole like, I'm not fancy. I'm just me. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, I'm from Vegas. I'll call your bluff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm not really from Vegas. I mean, I moved there from there, I guess. But I live New Jersey, Missouri, Kansas, Korea, Virginia, Germany, back to Virginia, Arizona, Nevada. Well, here's the, the big talker. And that's obviously Teresa and Joe. Mm-hmm. Rachel Vukovic, how does she feel about Teresa and Joe's relationship? And did she see this split coming at all? I didn't think that she would leave him before because knowing everything he had done, the cheating, the that you know, which yeah. she had her own involvement. I don't care how innocent she tries to pretend. I remember. Okay. And she didn't have to lie to the court. Anyway, so... I thought, you know, you're, you get through all of that and now you're going to split up. Like, so for me, if she really, cause she always used to say like, I love Joe. It brought us closer. We're closer. I love him. And you know, all this stuff, if that were true, which I kind of knew it wasn't cause I had heard she was involved with other people and stuff. Yeah. If that were true and she loved him that much and he had to be deported, she should have gone with him with her kids and moved her family. And there's nothing wrong with 
uprooting the kids to move. I'm an army brat. I've moved to Germany. I've lived in Korea. Like you go where your family goes. If my husband was like, we're moving to Timbuktu, whatever. I'm like, fuck, that sucks. All right, kids, we're moving to Timbuktu, you know, and whatever the kids, they become more well-rounded. It's not like they didn't have family there. It's not like they don't know the language. They, it's not like a strange land to them. They, they're familiar. They go there. Well, and it's hard to watch. I, I don't follow them actively, but they'll show up on my discover and Gia's always posting like, I miss you, dad. And I'm just like, breaks oh. my heart. I'm like, why, you know, why not, you know, to be by, you know, if, if, you were so in love and you didn't want to break up your family. Cause I think the excuse she used was my kids don't want to go. So I, I don't want to take them. It's like, you're the parent. Like, do you want to be with your husband? Especially cause he looks so good now. <laughs> it's like, but look, would I have put up with all the stuff she put up with? Hell no. Like I would, I would have left them a long time ago, but she chose to stay with him through all that. And you go through all of this and then you just let it go to shit at the end. And how wild was it to watch that clip back of Caroline basically predicting? At that point when she said that, that was like in an interview where we knew these charges and allegations. I see. You know, it looked grim anyway (laughs) at that time that he was going to go away. So she was like, oh, Teresa will just bounce back and write a book like my life without Joe, you know, like. Well, the funniest thing is I interviewed her for my podcast right after she got out of prison. But she's like the most positive person I've ever like, oh, prison, Ah, whatever. No, no, camp. Oh, camp. Yes, camp. And she'll never let you see her down. No matter what's going on in her life, she could be curled up in a ball crying. She will put on a front for anybody that she's happy. Life is perfect. Life is good, which, you know, is, is a strong. And some of it is she's like, a narcissist. So she's sort of like, um, oblivious and she's oblivious to a lot of things. So when things happen to her, she, she can still show face and do all that. Cause she doesn't give a crap. <laughs> she really doesn't care, but it works for her. It, it does. It works for her. Do you talk to her at all before she went to prison or has it just been like, you're not friends? Yeah. Ha- um, I had reached out when her mom passed away, but no, um, when she went before she went to prison, I'm trying to think if we talked before then, I feel like at that point, we weren't talking. Um, I just know they were going to cancel the show because she was getting so much hate and the network was getting so much hate that they didn't even think they could bring the show back. So then, and then she was on her own island and wasn't talking to any of us. So in order for her to come back to the show, she had to have a connection with people on the show, which she didn't anymore. That's when her attorney, Melissa, was telling me they had a mutual attorney that was getting her to write us letters of like looking forward to new beginnings. Ah. And the producers are like, listen, we need you guys to, you know, connect again because we need to film, you know, we need to film the show. And their whole job was to clean up Teresa's image that season. And so everybody knew going in. This is just a Teresa season. Anyone that went against her was going to be an asshole. So I volunteered for that. Do you ever see yourself having a friendship with her again or no? I have no interests. She's different now. She's like, harder now she's she's learned to play the system like play the game she's she doesn't forgive ever she's she might say she does but she doesn't it'll always be in her head like you know like when I I really believe that we were starting to get along with filming season seven and Melissa kept telling me no she hates you she's talking shit about you she hates you she hates you and I'm like really because we just like stayed after filming and we had a really good time like we had dinner we were laughing it was she's like really she goes no she hates you what did you think of the uh commercial for the Super Bowl with Caroline and Teresa that was funny 
but they're still not friends apparently. So, like Caroline reached out to her ahead of time and was like, listen, this is, let's be professional about this. We're going to, you know, and both of them kind of agreed, like, listen, we're, we're making money. And, you know, she's, Teresa's like, I'm doing this for my family. And Caroline's like, all right. If anyone didn't see, it was a Super Bowl commercial flipping the table. Yeah, I think they wanted Caroline to come onto the show actually and film a scene with Teresa. And um, Caroline didn't do it. But you know, they had the commercial, which kind of I would have rather seen that reunion on the housewives. Well, same because the commercial was kind of weird. Like it was like, oh, they're back together again with no context. Yeah, I guess the whole thing was like, you know, everyone comes together for hummus. You know, <laughs> over hummus. It was lost on me. And I remember I was like, well, where's Jacqueline on this commercial? <laughs> yeah, I can you imagine if I saw her in a room. I mean, I could say I could look at her and say hi. And after I moved here, she tried calling me. Her phone was my phone was ringing and her name was on it. And I was like, why is she calling me? And I didn't answer it. But um, I had heard she was in Vegas at that time. Oh. So I don't know. She was with an old producer, too, so I don't know if they called me just to... Um, Do a little meetup? Yeah, or whatever, but I didn't answer. But yeah, I don't think there could ever be a friendship there again. It's too... It's all right. couple more questions. Everyone wants to know about Nicholas, Samantha Knight. Can she discuss her son's diagnosis process when she first started noticing signs and therapies that have been most helpful? So thankful for her advocacy and dedication to the autism community. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I guess season three, season four, 18 and a half months to two and a half years, he started a decline in his regression, um, no longer making eye contact, um, stop saying words he used to say, stop singing, stop using utensils, stop riding his bike. He would roll his eyes. He would go upside down a lot. He, you know, I just saw, um, him struggling and that was really hard during filming to see this because I was also trying to hide it from the camera because, I didn't want to draw attention to something that I didn't have a label on yet. We had to wait three months to get into a developmental pediatrician to get the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we took him to California, did a bunch of blood work, and we went the biomedical route, with, worked with a functional medicine doctor, a biomedical doctor, and did a lot of treatments like that, like the hyperbaric, the gluten-free, case-free, soy-free diet was huge for us. That's when he started saying his first words. I mean, we've tried everything, every treatment you can possibly <laughs> think of. Is, is there anything you just said that worked better than other things? Yeah, he, um, well, right now he's doing microcurrent neurofeedback. And um, I definitely, he's so much more engaged than he used to be. He can verbally ask for all his needs and, you know, tell me everything he wants. He just, he's, he's still not really conversational. You couldn't, you know, you wouldn't be able to sit here and talk to him having a conversation with him, but he can answer specific questions that he was kind of trained to answer. He's very funny. He's a silly kid. He's a loving kid. Um, we enjoy him so much. He's like, he makes me laugh every single day. He's just a lovable, quirky, so smart kid. He's has a photographic memory. He's, He's amazing. Paige Hobman, does she think that the diagnosis and all of this and the stress that came with it behind the scenes, do you think that affected your behavior on the show at all? I mean, I was crying a lot during that time. And every time we would sit for an interview and they would ask me questions, it would trigger things that would make me cry. <laughs> That's why I wanted to leave the show. I was just fed up with everything. Like I couldn't deal. We got the diagnosis right after filming four season in between before we filmed the reunion. So after filming and before the reunion is when we got the actual diagnosis. And that's yeah. why we, we, we chose to come out in People Magazine because we wanted to control how it came out. I didn't want to come out on the show while we're filming and have it 
contort it, like editing and all this stuff. So I wanted to control how it got released to the public because we knew we were going to be open about it. Well, we wish all good things for Nick. (laughs) Megan Henning, is everything good with the Manzos? Yes, I talk to them all the time on text message. Albie was out here visiting, actually. I met him out for drinks with my son, CJ. Which it's crazy that CJ is like an adult now. I don't understand. Even like watching Gia now, I'm just like, what the hell? I've been watching them forever. Yeah, and Nick is 10, CJ 17, Ashley's 29, she's going to be 30 this year. <laughs> Lise Bacher also had another question. Does anyone have a relationship with Dina anymore? I'm actually supposed to see Dina tomorrow night. Um, we're invited to um, her husband's having an event here in Vegas and we're supposed to go tomorrow night. But now my mom, my babysitter just fell and broke her arms. But if I can't go, my husband will go. Yeah, she kind of just disappeared. So it's hard to know. Like We've had contact here and there and everything. Well, that's, I mean, there's so much. I, I tried to get the major parts but there's just so much i know what did i miss uh trying to think well then let's just let you talk about your podcast and and how people can listen to it and anything that you want to promote at this very moment so yeah so i also have a podcast it's called the look over ladies um it's been a little bit of a shit show trying to talk with three people at once so we just started this new format where we're alternating co-hosts now so now it'll just be me and a co-host and then we're gonna each do individual like solo bonus episodes i'll talk more about autism related topics maybe rho and j like more personal things that i can't the other girls can't really relate to because i do get a lot of requests about for autism related topics so i'll do that once a month on the lookover ladies and then Every other week is my co- co-host with the girls. What's your, I know your social, but for anyone who's, you're on Instagram. Yeah, at Jack Larita, like J-A-C-L-A-U-R-I-T-A. And then, oh, Twitter. Were you still a, a tweeting machine? No, we use that during the show. I don't do that as a, I know this is me. So instead of like calling like a blog or putting something in a, like a lot of people, they go to blogs and they're like, I'm a source, you know, and they're like, they'll put you as a source. I'm just like, I feel like saying this, go. <laughs> the tweets were ripe with fun, always. I would just always. say whatever I was thinking and people were like, oh, she's drunk tweeting again, but I wasn't being drunk. I was, I was not even drinking. That's just me. Whatever I'm thinking, if I have something to say, I'll just say it myself. And that is Twitter, Jack Larita. Yeah, Jack Larita. Also the same. Every once in a while, like if it's that week before my period, you're going to hear more from me. Some of the girls like Teresa, she has someone doing her tweets for her. So it's not her. So everyone's like, Teresa's more controlled. She doesn't say that stuff. I'm like, Teresa's not tweeting. Teresa does her Instagram either. No. Well, Jacqueline, thank you. Let's hope that this worked. I'm going to say bye right now, but then not hang up on you. Okay. (laughs) So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're going to see if we can make this episode happen. So bye to you guys, because we got to talk about this. Bye. Bye.